Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst at Wealth Within, and welcome back to Talking Wealth, and uh, I hope you've been enjoying our program. Today I wanted to chat about CFDs, but more importantly, there was an article in last one in last month in the Australian newspaper by a journalist called Adele Ferguson, and it talks about or that was titled "Punters Learn CFDs Painful Truth." And although the article it was quite a long article, and although there's lots of things in the article that I agree with, there's quite a few things that I actually don't agree with, and I thought it's worth investigating for uh, for you on on this. Um, uh, in this podcast, just to give you a bit of an idea about CFDs and what's going on and, and how they're getting a bit of a bad reputation that I don't believe that they actually deserve. And um, when I looked at this article, it reminded me one that uh, I did a little while, uh, quite a few years ago, and it was called, you know, Boarding the Sea of Profits or, or Boarding the Titanic. And it's sort of like that article's taken that flavour of, you know, hey, we're going down in the Titanic here, but if anybody trading CFDs. And this is where I tend to disagree with the article. And I'll quote some sections, sections out of the article. And it, to me, it's not about the CFD or the product itself. It's about the people trying to trade them, and that's where the challenges lie in the CFD market. Uh, but there's some of the points that are here are that um, obviously CFDs are known as contracts for difference. So uh, for those of you not aware of that, or contracts for difference, where people are trading on the difference. So that if uh, I have BHP shares and, uh, it's, and uh, they're at $10, for example, I can uh, put $10,000 and get 1,000 shares in BHP. But I could also use on CFDs, get the exposure to $10,000 worth of BHP for one-tenth of the price. So I can put up a margin of $1,000 and have exposure to 10,000 CFDs on BHP and have the same potential for the growth. So if the share goes up $1 to $11, I make $1 per share. Now, obviously, if I made $1 per share and I've only put $1,000 into the trade, I've just doubled my money. So for 10% growth in the share price, I can double my money. But you can also lose all your money if it goes to $9. So, so they're very much a, a very highly leveraged instrument. And the instrument's not the problem. It, to me, the problem is is obviously the person trading it or their lack of knowledge or understanding of how the market works. But, I mean, CFDs are the fastest growing investment product in our market. They've been around for about six years, and uh, this writer suggests that there's lots of cracks showing up in the industry uh, with investors trading trade them, including do-it-yourself super funds or self-managed super funds, because they're battling the high level of volatility in the equity market of recent, or since August last year, and, and obviously January again, and the rising costs, costs of debt. I suggest that it's not actually the market volatility that's a problem, it's the education of the people that are actually trading those. So, but as I said, they've been around for about six years, and really, I my goal, or my my, um, uh, what I talk to people about is if you can't buy and sell shares properly, don't ever go to something like a CFD or an optional warrant or future. It's the product, like futures are, CFDs are really retail futures contracts. So, it's, so if you really look at the futures market, a CFD is just a, a sort of a, a, a cousin to the futures market. And futures, you can make a lot of money and you can lose a lot of money. Uh, but what she's talking about here is she's, she's quoted the Australian Securities and Investment Commission, or ASIC, and their website describes CFDs as much riskier than a flutter on the horses or a night at the casino because the losses are unlimited if the bet sours. Now, I think that's irresponsible of the 
of ASIC to actually put that out because CFDs aren't betting. They're not like a horse racing. Um, and yes, losses aren't, are unlimited, but so are losses on futures contracts and retail people trade futures contracts. So why not put that in there as well? Um, to, as I said, CFDs are very much a cousin to being uh, a futures contract. So it's not necessarily the product. Yes, you can lose unlimited amounts, but you can use un lose unlimited amounts in lots of things in the marketplace. It's the knowledge of the investor or trader about the product that will help them. Um, and it, it goes on to quote a, a thing from uh, one of the gentlemen that lost a lot of money in the Opus Prime collapse recently. Uh, and uh, he talks about yeah, one of his margin accounts with loan to value ratios of more than 95% and obviously losing a hell of a lot of money. Now, to me, that just shows you, you can leverage 90% on CFDs, even uh, those sorts of levels. It's not the actual product. So in the case of this gentleman, he lost a lot of money and it wasn't the margin loan that was the product. Uh, the problem, it was him because he shouldn't have been leveraged that high. And if he hadn't been leveraged that high, he wouldn't have lost a lot of money. Uh, because CFDs really involve borrowing a bit of money. Obviously, somebody's got to pay for the share. Uh, and you can trade shares and uh, futures contracts. You can trade currencies, commodities, etc. And so what you're trying to do is either trade on the rising or falling price. So you can trade long with the market moving up, or you can trade a position short, hoping it will fall away. Um, and she quotes examples of a British safety provider called Dry Global Traders Group in Europe, which um, had the ability of one trader to meet a margin call over two speculative positions, and that resulted in all the client accounts being frozen. Um, and obviously, they've been investigated by the UK Financial Authority, the same their uh, version of ASIC over there. Um, but what she goes on to say is that the money uh, held in accounts for those clients uh, is the clients are unsecured creditors. And it's the same goes for the Australian CFD providers, or many of the Australian CFD providers are. If you're trading with them or trading CFDs with them, you are an unsecured creditor, which means if they go broke, you can't get your money. You're the last in the line. And all the secured creditors obviously get the money first. So, I mean, obviously at the moment, around about on the market, she talks about there are only two um, different models in Australia, which is exactly incorrect. There's actually three models for CFDs in Australia. There are market makers. There are also direct market access model, and there also is also the ASX involved in it, which they launched a, a, a system last year. So, and CFDs at the moment in the what they call the um, direct market access model, that's around about fifteen percent of trades on the equity markets. Because with the direct market access, they physically go to the market and buy the share that you're trying to trade. So, if I was trying to buy BHP shares, as my example was before, buy CFD CFDs on BHP, they would go to the market and buy the shares directly. Um, and so it does affect the volatility of the market or the liquidity of the market. So that's 15% of it. But the most of the trading on CFDs in Australia is actually done outside the Australian Stock Exchange in what they call uh, market maker models, which are companies like your CMCs or your IG markets, which don't actually affect the liquidity of the underlying market. So they actually take on the risks themselves. And what they do is balance up the between the people who are going long and the people who are going short. So if I was going to go long on BHP, hoping the price would go up, they would match my trade against somebody going short. So we would cancel each other out because one of us will win and one of us will lose. Uh, and that's how they balance their risk out. But it doesn't matter how much you trade with a market maker, it doesn't affect the underlying market. But they're suggesting, or in this article, suggesting that because of people trading CFDs, it has affected the liquidity of the market in August and again in January here, but it couldn't because most of the trading in the CFD market in Australia is done in those what they call over-the-counter 
models, which is market makers. So if it's not a, if the market maker is not hedging on the real market or not taking a position in the real market, how can it affect it? Um, and I know CMC is about 45% of the Australian CFT market, so uh, they're quite large. And they suggesting, or the article suggesting, is about $81 trillion in that over-the-counter market through market makers. There's roughly about 20 CFD operators in Australia. Um, and she says, well, all they need is a really basic ASIC licence and, and a product disclosure statement or PDS for to sign clients up. That's totally correct. I totally agree with all of that. But the thing is, it's about who you're actually dealing with. It, it's like, because as I said, CMC are the largest one uh, in Australia and they're a market maker, but you need to know who you're dealing with. Look at all the fine print and you understand that you are an unsecured creditor with them if you're trading with them. Look at where your bank accounts have held. You know, are they held in Australian bank, your, your margin requirements? Have a look at how their business dealings, I mean, there's some statements in their, in their um, product disclosure statement and all the fine print, have a really good look at it because they, there are things in there that I don't agree with and I, for a long time I've been saying to people, use direct market access model with large companies such as Macquarie Bank who have their own CFD model. Um, look at those things, at those sorts of people to actually trade CFDs from. And now the ASX is out, but you have the ASX in the middle of that. So you're actually trading through the ASX under ASX regulations, and therefore they're much, much safer. But the point, as I said, I was making out at the start of this uh, podcast is really, it's not the product, it's actually the people trading the product. Uh, uh, and obviously lots of brokers who don't have access to CFDs, because traditionally they've not only just recently, they've started taking up CFDs through obviously with the ASX launching them. Brokers have been putting down CFDs for much, pretty much most of the six years. And there's one broker in this article that says, uh, uh, you know, there are CFDs are an accident waiting to happen. Well, so are options, so are warrants, so are futures, uh, any sorts of leveraged products. If you've got unsophisticated people trading those, so, uh, and it goes on to say that, you know, he's known lots of people have lost their shirts trading CFDs. Absolutely correct. There are lots of people out there in the last six to eight, nine months that have lost absolutely bucket loads of money trading CFDs. But the problem isn't the CFD, it's the person trading them. And that's where I, I keep coming back to it. If you've got a do-it-yourself super fund or a self-managed super fund, if you're looking to invest and build your portfolio and you don't know how to trade a share properly and buy and sell and make money out of a share, you should never be looking at CFDs. In fact, probably about 80% of the calls we get in here for uh, people looking for education from us through through our diploma of share trading and investment are asking about CFDs. And when we, when we question these people, they say they've never bought a share in their life, but they want to trade CFDs. Now, to me, that's financial suicide, not because the product's not good. The product's excellent. And if you understand the provider, understand where your money is and you're willing to take those risks, it, it, that's fine. And look at, look at those fine prints and saying, you know, where is my money? Who am I dealing with? Because your investment with, uh, if you trade with CMC, your investment is only secure as, as the company that's providing that service. So, whereas if you're trading through a broker with the ASX on CFTs, the ASX guarantees settlement and guarantees where your money's going to be. So, it's a much safer system. So, the same as they do with options and warrants and futures. So, therefore, I would suggest look at the exchange-traded model. But bottom line is that uh, if you want to trade CFTs, education, education, education. Know what you're doing. Know how to trade. And, and a lot of people come to me and say, I want to trade CFDs and when I ask them why they go, well, I don't have much money. I've only got 2,000 or 5,000. If that's all you've got, don't trade CFDs just because you can get more exposure to the market and make money quick. One of the 
biggest statement is there's no such thing as get rich quick and it's definitely there so as i said i believe the article was a good article but it misrepresented cfds and it made them look like they were gambling i mean all the way through the article it talks about gambling and betting and that's exactly not what cfds are they are anything that you invest in whether it be shares options warrants futures cfds houses um, currency markets whatever you're investing in if you don't have the knowledge to invest into that and know why you're buying and why you're selling and what the investment's about you're probably gambling with your money anyway um, and we've had examples in the last month of companies going broke like that Chartwell and Geelong and looking at what they were doing and offering returns of 70%. Anybody investing in that, I could suggest there's probably, uh, that's a big gamble in my book and now they're asking ASIC to investigate it and complaining that they've lost their money. Whereas to me, look at the small print first, understand who they are, what they're doing with your money, what security you've got on that and, and is it in your name? whole range of different questions you need to ask. But it, to me, it just gets back to education, education, education if big returns means bigger risk so therefore you need bigger or better or much uh, higher standard of education to manage that risk so um, i'll sign off for today and hopefully hopefully you've enjoyed this article oh my podcast here but as i said i thought the article was good by by this lady adele ferguson but it did give a wrong slant on the cfds and maybe that's just because of sensationalized journalism and sometimes i think they go overboard a little bit but in general i agree with a lot of the things but really uh, bottom line is educate yourself and i'll finish up for the day and look forward to chatting with you next week you've been listening to talking wealth and i'm dale gillam the chief analyst at wealth within take care talking wealth was brought to you by wealth within to learn how you too can maximize your investment returns call 1300 share trade